everybody Dan Binder Boneyard coming to you from the usual parts cavern office desk um, office window where I'm looking out here at a bunch of work <laughs> some of my own trucks out here um, but a whole bunch of work um, thanks for listening thanks for telling a friend thanks for uh, recommending us to uh, other people it's uh, always awesome <clears throat> always awesome to uh to hear people say oh i heard you about you from so and so you know watching the play count creep up on the various platforms um you know i'm gonna have like three thousand listens individual listens coming up here pretty soon so um i think that's incredible uh, i never would have expected that many listen so soon um so yeah uh i just appreciate all you guys and uh, girls too i know i gotta include the ladies um so very very appreciative thank you um thanks for all the comments on the various socials platforms and the emails to uh binder boneyard podcast at gmail um been getting your guys's comments and questions and uh really appreciate all of that um it's great to hear um great to hear you know just positive feedback uh i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure there'll be a time where i get a little farther into this uh this journey and i'm gonna start getting the you fucking suck shut your face you know uh but until then I'm going to be appreciative of everybody that has good things to say. So um, I do. I really appreciate all that stuff. Uh, I've got an announcement. Uh, I'm going to tell everyone now. So you have like six plus months to prepare. Um, my 40th birthday is March 16th. And something I've had on my bucket list for several years now um, is a cruise of route 66 from west to east now i don't want to run the whole thing especially in march i know there's some questionable weather across the midwest um but i do want to run the california arizona new mexico leg maybe even oklahoma depending on um just time and whatnot i i want to it's my vacation it's on my bucket list it's for fun so i'm not doing it to haul ass um i'm doing it to sightsee probably gonna look at a bunch of antique shit gonna stop at a bunch of stuff i know there's a bunch of tourist traps all along there and i'm going to enjoy every single one of them but i'm telling everyone this because it's an open invite i would love to have an international cruise for a couple of days if people can handle it or afford it um i would like to be in southern california on friday night which would be march 15th and then we would start the drive east on saturday morning march 16th and we would go until about the 19th i think is what my calendar and what my schedule can handle um so that would be 
um, that would be the plan then is, is meet up in, in California on Friday night and then, uh, make the trip. <clears throat> and so the 19th would be like a Tuesday or something. So, uh, if you're coming from Oregon, if you're going to follow me down, um, I would leave on like the morning of the 14th, um, I plan on making the drive in my 56 S100. Uh, it's a three-speed on the column with an overdrive. And I'm hoping by then I'll have an 8.8 .8 or a different rear end in it with like 373s or, or even 354s would be good too. Um, just to keep from taxing the... Uh, um, just to keep from taxing the original six cylinder. I know they don't like to rev high uh, for ex extended periods of time. And uh, unfortunately, that drive south is going to be a lot of highway. So it's just going to be what it is. Um, you know. Uh, so if I can get some gears under it, get it cruising a little better, that would be great. Um, you know, I got some other stuff. Gets the lights working a little better. It's still original 6 volt, and I really like that. I like to be able to say that it's original 6 volt. So um, somebody put 12 volt stuff in it a while back and had a battery in there, and I think it burned the gauges up. And So it just needs some TLC. So I got six months to get that truck ready. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and that's what I'm going to take. So uh, it, the drive on 66 is going to be slow. Uh, it's going to be... Like I said, it's a meandering route, uh, checking out all kinds of stuff. I'm going to be putting the route together with stops and various things. Um, and so I invite anyone with an international that drives. I don't want any weird shit showing up on this. This is all international. And you guys with your super duties and your power strokes and stuff, I get it. It's international engine, but I want international trucks on this route or scouts international vehicles so um you got a lodestar you got something like that that's fine too um but really it's it's and and the other thing is, is if nobody shows up i don't fucking care i've wanted to do this for a long time it's my birthday it's my bucket list so I, i'm going to enjoy it but i would love it if you know we could make it a thing so uh you know please chime in uh let send me email let me know if you're interested uh, i'm going to keep mentioning this on instagram and the facebook pages over the next couple of months so um just keep listening uh you know scout owners of the world page is, is where i do a lot of posting and then of course the ih truck mafia page um, that i run so um you'll be hearing a lot of it over the next couple of months so march 16th through the 19th of 2019 um route 66 southern cal to as far as we can go east on those days so put it on your calendar please join in if you can uh, i'd love to have love to have a group there so i posted on instagram yesterday a teaser pic of um a trip that I made a few years ago with my black Travelette back when it was a lot more stock. Um, it still had the 392, still had a Borg Warner, um, it had a Dana 60 rear end, 
that I had converted to disc brakes, uh, 410 gears, 33 inch tires. Uh, it was two wheel drive, but I'd put a Dana 44 front end under it with disc brakes because I was intending on a uh, four wheel drive. I was in the midst of a four wheel drive conversion. So I'd already put the lift springs on. I'd already done some stuff to make it closer to being four wheel drive. So um, my mom and stepdad's truck broke down in Tennessee and it's a F550, it had a big bed on it. It was a beast of a truck. They couldn't ship it back. It was going to be a fortune to ship it back. So they found a storage yard in Tennessee that was cheap. It was like 20 bucks a month to park it in. And uh, so they stashed it there. And while they were waiting to figure out what to do, the opportunity for me to haul a couple of rigs to Ohio for Super Scout Specialists came up. So we decided that we were going to combine the trips and take my big trailer that I hadn't built yet, <laughs> haul the two scouts, or I'm sorry, it was a scout and a short box pickup to Ohio, and then on our way back, drop down into Tennessee, grab the F-550, and then head home. So I had picked up an old burned out fifth wheel camper frame from a good friend of mine. And it had, um, you know, 5,000 pound axles under it. And it was a basic shell, you know, it had potential. Um, it was 35 feet long or something. So it had potential. So I took that, I added a lot of gusseting a lot of metal. Uh, I decked it, made some ramps to go up onto the goose so that I could haul two rigs and it would be relatively short still. And then the, the truck would carry a fair amount of weight. And so um, put this conglomeration together. And if anybody's seen it, it's pretty mad maxi. Like there's a lot of iron and shit just welded onto it and then my good friend jason sent me some some laser cut immortan joe emblems from he works at amada and he they'd drawn these up and so they're like six inch round immortan joe and if you've seen the mad max movie the most recent one you know what immortan joe looks like it's the circle with the skull in the middle and stuff so I welded those on uh, just to finish out the, the theme, and it, it really works well. Everybody gets a, a kick out of that when they see it because they know what they – a lot of people know what they're looking at. But uh, so weld all this stuff on there. My folks came, helped me deck it, helped me clean up some of it, uh, just get it ready for the trip. Um, and then I had to install the fifth wheel hitch in the – um, black truck in the travelette. It still had a bed, so I had to build a frame to mount the hitch to under the bed because, of course, the bed alone wouldn't support the the weight. Um, and uh, that was it. I didn't install any 
overload springs, any airbags. I had just my 10 ply tires and the stock rear leaf springs. And because it was a two wheel drive, it didn't have the secondary overload pack. It didn't have anything. It just had the main, you know, like six leaf pack and then a thick overload. No lift block, no nothing. And, um, oh no, I take it back. I take that back. It did have a lift block because I'd done four inch lift springs on the front. And so I, I lifted it all the, all around to level it out. So yeah, I got the, the factory IH lift block in the back, like all the four wheel drive trucks have. And then it had four inch Chevy springs in the front because it was a two wheel drive and you can bolt Chevy springs right into a two wheel drive. Um, if you want to see how it works, go to my YouTube channel and there's a whole tutorial on how to put Chevy springs into your pickup. Anyway, so I did an oil change, went through everything on the truck, um, loaded up all my stuff, grabbed my sweet mom, who I can't believe, I still can't believe agreed to do this, and all of her stuff and her dog, because she had to travel with her dog, big black lab named Milo, rest in peace, because he's dead now, um, and we set out, we made it about... 22 miles and the fuel pump went out truck started running really rough was barely pumping any fuel the, the fuel filter was about empty and so uh luckily in my packing i had packed another fuel pump so i threw another mechanical on there and we were off no more problems made it all the way to grass valley california where we were picking up the two rigs from from Jeff at IH Parts America in Grass Valley and loaded the pickup, the short box pickup, we loaded on backwards so that the weight of the engine would be farther back on the trailer. Um, and then the tailgate would act like kind of a kind of like a wing to help deflect the wind. Um, and then we loaded a Scout Traveler or Terra, I think it was a Terra, on the back of the trailer and kept it kind of back to help counterweight the the weight on the truck. And actually worked out really well. The truck, uh, it squatted some, of course, but uh, it wasn't bad at all. And it actually rode pretty good. Um, I had a good trailer brake controller. I had great trailer brakes on the trailer. And then the four-wheel discs of the truck actually worked really well. Um, that Borg Warner wasn't happy. Uh, I pretty much had to drive with my foot mashed to the floor the entire time. Uh, and so I think that's what caused my first major problem was from Northern California to Southern California. The truck was doing great. Uh, it was pretty flat. We were averaging about 60-something sometimes. Um, it slowed down pretty quick on the grades and, and whatnot, but it, I was happy. That four-barrel was tuned perfect. I had, I had really done a lot of tune-up on this truck. It had electronic ignition uh, using the GM, uh, you know, the DuraSpark pickup with the GM module. And uh, and then the four-barrel was tuned right on. It had a K&N on it. had good exhaust. It was... You know, it was operating about as optimally as it could. 
Um, and then we stopped at a rest area in Bakersfield uh, before the hotel. And I saw water dripping from the inner fender. So I opened the hood and my reservoir bottle was full to the top. And I thought that was weird. And the truck was idling at the time. And I was watching it and it was making bubbles, a little bubble, one single bubble would come up through the hose at the bottom of the bottle about every two seconds, a little bubble. So it dawned on me that I had a head problem of some sort. So I debated on telling my mom or just keeping it to myself and pushing on anyways. And I decided that air in the air on the side of safety, not lie to my mom because I think you go to hell for that these days. Um, but I told her. And so when we got to the hotel, I went across the street to the auto zone or whatever it was, and I jumped in. I picked up a couple bottles of like head gasket repair goop stuff. I don't know. It's snake oil that I spent like 40 bucks on. And of course, you know, you do like it said, you dump it in when it's ice cold and then you run the engine till it's warm and then shut it down and let it cool down completely again. And then, you know, whatever the steps were, it was bullshit, whatever it was, because it didn't work. Um, so, of course, we had to pull right out of Bakersfield, um, pull the... Tehachapi, the great over Tehachapi, and uh, oh, so get over into the Mojave, and not halfway up the Tehachapi, it it boils over. Um, pull over, thank God there was a spot big enough to pull over because we're like fifty five feet long, all combined, and uh, stop, let it cool down. Fill it back up with fresh water. Because by now we'd boiled out all the coolant, the overflow bottle, everything. There was almost no coolant left in it. So I said to hell with it and just started dumping water in it. Uh, so filled it up with water. Made it the rest of the way over to Hatchapi. Made it fine. I mean, after that grade, uh, it was it was fine. So I'm not sure why it boiled over initially. Um... And then never again after that, but it, it was fine after that. Uh, get over to Hatchapi, get through Barstow, get onto the 10, I think that's the 10, um, east. And uh, trucks, like I said, running fine. We're having to fill up pretty regularly. We're averaging about eight, which I was surprised at how actually that was pretty good. Because we scaled it um, like 18.5 is what we weighed. Uh, so we hit uh, Kingman, Arizona, and I filled up both tanks. They're both supposed to be like 16 gallons. Anybody that's owned a D-Series knows that 16 gallons is... That's generous. They're more like 13 and a half. Uh, or 14. I was getting 14 in each tank because I was letting it run completely dry. Like the truck would start sputtering and then I'd 
grab the selector knob and change it over and it would pick back up, you know, and, and go. So I was getting about 14 gallons in each tank from bone dry. So I filled up in Kingman and it was all the way to Flagstaff, which anybody has made that drive is, is pretty much a 6% grade the entire way. Um, so I ended up making that pull foot to the floor in second gear, about 36 miles an hour for the entire, <laughs> I don't remember what it was. I didn't write down how far it was, but it was a while. Um, it, in fact, it was so long and I was getting such terrible mileage that I ran out of gas, uh, about 15 miles from Flagstaff. Uh, thank God I had a five gallon can for emergencies and was able to dump that in and get the truck going. And we limped it into Flagstaff, um, stayed at the Motel 6 and then, uh, got fuel the next morning and, uh, and we were on our way. Um, the rest of the trip. Oh, so then, uh, somewhere in New Mexico, I'm not sure exactly where. Uh, the ignition module failed in my homemade EFI setup, or not EFI, homemade um, electronic ignition setup. So luckily I had a spare in the glove box. Um, so swapped that out in like two minutes, everything back on the road. Stopped at AutoZone or O'Reilly's, wherever's cheaper, picked up another one. Everything was fine. Actually had a good another day and a half of cruising. Stayed in a pretty shady Motel 6 in Arkansas. I don't remember what town. It's just down the freeway from West Memphis, Arkansas. So uh, that'll be important here in a little bit. So this Motel 6 had like a 2x4 holding the sink up, and it was like lag screwed to the floor, but it was just a raw 2x4. Like, still had the grade stamp on it and stuff. Just, you know, just holding the sink up. And there was a burn on the floor in the shape of an iron. <laughs> I won't forget that. Like, even the dog was fucking freaked out to be in this Motel 6. Um, so, but thank God, you know, my, my mom was footing the bills for the hotels because I was, you know, making this drive on there for them. So, uh you know, Motel 6 would take the dog and it was fairly reasonable, especially during the week. Um, so yeah, so we were <laughs> Motel 6 in it. Um, and then I noticed in one of my stops earlier that the rear end was looking wet. The pinion seal appeared to be leaking. And I thought, and I had a quart of gear oil with me and I thought, Next time we stop, I will top that off. Well, I fucking forgot. And we are flying down the highway, cruising again in West Memphis, Arkansas. And I start to hear this whine, this howl. And it wasn't like a normal, like, woo, it was a high, like a shrill squeal. And all of a sudden, the whole truck shuddered like it, it's hard to describe but it like jerked to the left and then 
started making a horrible noise. And so thank God nobody was next to me. And there was road construction going on. So there was no barrier. There was just road cones between the highway and like this frontage road. So I said, the hell with it. Drove through the road cones and onto the frontage road and then pulled over on a little side street. And I got out and I was walking around the truck looking for what was going on and I couldn't see. And then I noticed that the driver rear tire had about a 15 degree lean. And I touched that hub and the hub was so hot that it burned my fingertips. And I, I was so dumb. I never grabbed the hubs with my fingers. I always use the back of my hand. So there's your tech tip for the day. Don't touch your hubs with your fingers. Use the back of your hand. And this time, for some reason, I just grabbed the hub, and it was fucking hot. It was like, it burned my hand hot. And I'm not exaggerating. I had blisters on all my pads and my fingers. Um, so I broke out the uh, bottle jack, toolkit, pulled the axle shaft, and just... Well, the axle shaft was bent, first of all, and it was scarred up from rubbing on the spindle. This is a full float 60. And nothing inside this hub but black dust. And so I took a chisel, and I was able to spin the nut off. Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I chiseled off the outer nut, and then the... It got so hot that the washer had deformed and it just wasn't holding anything. And then the inner nut, um, I was able to spin off as well. But the bearings had failed so fantastically <laughs> that the spindle melted. The spindle had actually started to buckle in the middle and it had bent. It was riding on the axle shaft. That's what kept it from failing altogether was the axle shaft. But the inner races were welded to the spindle. There was no saving this spindle um so i cried my eyes out because i thought i was fucking done and thank god my mom was there because you know moms are good at making you feel better um i put a call out onto facebook all the various pages i said hey i need something i need help i need somebody to bring me a rear end or sit point me towards a junkyard because i was going to find a 14 bolt or something anything that i could put in there well, my forever friend, Scott Stroud, who is in Arkansas, posts up and says, Hey, hey man, I got me and Dana 70 out of a truck. I, I do a terrible Arkansas accent. Um, and he's going to be offended by that. But <laughs> he, uh, so he um, says, I got a Dana 70 out of my travelette because I've already upgraded to a 14 bolt. Uh, and I said, well, man, that's amazing. Where's it at? And it was two hours away, and I think it was just outside of Little Rock. Um, so my mom rents an F-150 because there was a Enterprise rent-a-car directly across the highway from us. Um, she rents a truck. We haul ass to Arkansas, pick up. And Scott gave me a, a front end, too. They were a matched pair. Uh, 44 front, 60 rear, or 70 rear. And then, uh, so he gave me those. I'll be forever grateful. 
So, and in this process uh, of that happening previous, I had called a service truck. I called a semi-truck service guy. Uh, it was my only option. The bearings were stuck to the spindles. I had no way to get them off. My chisel, I couldn't chisel them. I couldn't cut them. I didn't have the, I just didn't have the, the tools for it. So I called the service truck and this grizzly old string, stringy fucking boiled owl looking guy shows up. And uh, thank God, because he says, he says, you don't want to be out here after dark. It's like, this truck's not going to be here. I, even though it doesn't have a wheel, this truck would be gone in the morning. I'm like, oh God, all right. So he torches off my bearing, the race that was stuck to the hub or to the spindle. Um, I walked down the street to the Napa, or no, sorry, my mom walked down the street to the Napa and got new bearings because I was still busy dealing with this truck, got the bearings, and this old man was able to torch those races off. He messed up the spindle a little bit, but it was already fucked, so it didn't matter. And uh, so (laughs) we jammed these bearings on, put the hub, put the wheel back on, but did not put the axle shaft in. Um, No, 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 I'm sorry. We had to put the axle shaft in, but it was so bent that only like two of the bolts would go in, which was good enough because all I needed it was to get the other wheel to turn to power me down the street because this nice old guy said that they had a storage yard for their truck company like five blocks away. And all I had to do was get it to their yard and I could work on it in their yard. So I limped the truck to their yard. And when I say yard, I mean horse pasture. Full on horse barn, horses, shit everywhere. Grass. It was all grass. Um, He says, you can park it over there and you can work on it over there. Uh, You just got to be gone in like a day. He's like, you can't fucking hang out. So... Mom and I hauled ass to Scott Stroud's dad's house, picked up the axles, came back, stayed at the Motel 6 in West Memphis, which was like three three blocks away, uh, ate at the Waffle House, because I love the Waffle House, and uh, then I got started tearing the rear end out of the truck. Uh, I had two bottle jacks. I was not able to unhook the trailer, so I had to do all this with the trailer hooked up. And I had to do it all by hand. So, um, got the rear end loose, um, you know, I scrounged up blocks of wood and shit to put underneath the jacks, got it jacked up, and, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to get this axle out from under the truck, because it's heavy, and I'm in the dirt, and, you know, it's just hard to move, and the old guy comes back, and he says, oh, here's the keys to the tractor, and it was a John Deere, fucking whatever, had a front end loader on it. So I used a chain, pulled the axle out from under the truck, used the same chain to unload the axle, the 70, out of the rental truck that my mom had, and then I shoved it back under there with the tractor, thank God, and then I sent my mom to Napa to get U-bolts and brake line fittings because the wheel cylinders were different size, because I had had disc brakes, uh, if you remember, disc brakes on the 60. And Scott's axle still had drums, so I had to do brake lines. So I needed more brake fluid for bleeding. I needed I needed a bunch of shit. Um, so mom was running parts for me while I was laboring this thing in. And 
Um, got it all buttoned up, put it back together, brakes worked, um, and we were back on the road. And that, we made it to West Memphis, or we made it to uh, Springfield, Ohio, unloaded the rigs, um, visited my brother down in Kentucky, went to Tennessee to get the Super Duty, only to realize the Super Duty was too big for the trailer. So <laughs> we decided, so the Super Duty ran, but it had a hole in the number five piston because it was a power stroke and it had an injector stick. So we said to hell with it. We filled it up with oil, filled it up with diesel, and we drove the Super Duty back from Tennessee with me following her on my with my empty trailer. And uh, the black truck did fine. I kept adding water because it cracked head. It kept bubbling, you know. So um, added water all the way. The Super Duty, we kept adding oil. I'd have to clear codes every once in a while with a code reader that they had bought at some point. It was in the truck. Um, but we made the drive all the way back. Uh, uh, pretty much uneventful. Um, and uh, that forever will go down in my book of craziest shit that I've ever done. Um, you know, just... I still can't believe I did it. I can't believe it worked. I can't believe the truck ran that far with a cracked head. Um, and when we got back, the truck started deteriorating pretty fast after that. Um, it got to where it didn't want to run very well at all. But uh, And then same for the Super Duty. They ended up putting a, another engine in the Super Duty as well. But, um, yeah, I just when I tell people that story, they can't believe it. People that were following on Facebook thought, you know, were telling me that I needed a TV show because it was way better than the reality shows on TV now and stuff. So, um, yeah, it was it was quite the trip, and I learned a ton. And, uh, you know, that's why my trips after that seemed to go a little more smooth other than blowing out tires. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed that story. That was uh, a little long-winded. I'm running over here. So um, thanks again, everyone. Appreciate it. Let me know if you want to join the cruise, uh, Route 66, uh, west to east, March 16th through the 19th, uh, 2019. Uh, hit me up, Binder Boneyard Podcast at Gmail. Um, yeah, thanks again. Appreciate it. Have a good night.